0: Pastor asked me to um, prepare a sermon for this Sunday. God had been laying something on my heart for, for quite a while. And the subject quite frankly was not just to benefit you, was really to preach to myself and get my heart and my mind in line with what God expects from me as far as prayer is concerned. And, and I hope that by preaching to me, that it will also impact you folks as well. You see, Jean, my bride, many of you had the the good fortune, uh, the wonderful experience to have met my wife. You know, she prayed with a passion and a dedication that just flat out blew me away. Uh, Listening to her and her longtime prayer partner pray, it was like walking into the halls of heaven. It, It really was. And the thing of it is, is it wasn't just in the mornings or the afternoons or the evening. Jean had this knee jerk reaction to pray instantly about anything. I mean, we'd be driving down the road and we'd see an accident and she'd lay her hand on my arm. She'd say, hey, we got to pray. And I'd say, honey, I got to keep my eyes open, okay? And so, and so you learn how to pray with your eyes open, but that was her, her thing. Uh, she'd wake up in the middle of the night and, hey, you awake? Well, I am now. Uh, and something would be troubling her spirit and we pray about it and sometimes God was very gracious and we would find out three days later that hey one of the kids was in a real pickle and weren't calling because they didn't want to bother mom and dad so I'm preaching to myself this morning like I say and I pray it will guide you as well well first of all what is prayer is it just us talking to God is it God talking to us in today's environment, we have simplex communication. You know, we send out a text, whoosh. we send out an email. Whoosh. Sometimes we get an answer, sometimes we don't. Do we sometimes feel that it's that way with God, that we pray and we don't hear anything back? One of the, the things that's a common, in the common vernacular today is fake news. Well, there's no fake news with God. Absolutely not, there's only truth. There's all kinds of examples of prayer and lack of prayer in scripture. Remember back to Hannah? Uh, Hannah prayed earnestly for a son. In fact, she was praying so earnestly that Eli thought that she was drunk, but she wasn't. And then conversely, we have situations where people failed to pray. That's one of the things I love about scripture is we see it warts and all. It's real people. So David comes to Nathan, if you remember in 1 Samuel, and says, hey, you know, should I build a temple? Nathan says, yep, go for it. That's what you should do. But Nathan has this little conversation with God later on that night and says, no, 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 no. You go back and tell David that he's not to build a temple. It's going to be his son. That's a passage that's always kind of intrigued me because I never saw Nathan taken to the woodshed. It was just laid out that way. Well, this morning, um, I'd like you to stand as we read Acts uh, chapter one, verses 12 through 14 and also over in Colossians two, and just follow along as, as I read this. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill they call the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brothers. And then over in Colossians 4 too, and this is kind of the central theme of the message this morning. Devote yourselves to prayer. We're gonna unpack that. Being watchful and thankful. Would you pray with me? Father, your word is powerful. And we've already asked you in that wonderful praise song that we sang just a few minutes ago to speak. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would speak to our hearts, that you would speak to the depths of our soul, that you would use your words from scripture to convict us, to uplift us, but Lord, so that when we leave this place that we're on your page and not our own, I pray that you'll use the things that God has laid on my heart to to teach and to to work in the hearts of the people in this congregation to want to pray, to realize that you want to have a conversation with us. And Lord, all all the success of that is your Holy Spirit. So I pray your Holy Spirit would work today in a mighty way. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. You know, it was funny too, because one of the things, and just so you know, if you're a first time visitor or if you're watching this on on the net, uh, we normally here at Providence do what we call expositional preaching. And Pastor Jared has been going through a book verse by verse by verse. And so the hard thing is for him is that he has to go verse by verse by verse, which means he hits the tough stuff and he can't skip over it, which is why we like that. But by the same token, he knows exactly which verses he's going to be going through as the main deal. Well, there's tons of passages of scripture about prayer And so I had a hard time figuring out which ones to use. And then I remembered, oh, maybe I ought to pray about it. And uh, (laughs) that's when God led me to Acts through our community life group uh, that uh, we're going through church history right now. So, So that was the first time that I was preaching to myself. So what's Paul saying here in Colossians? First of all, does he suggest that we ought to pray or might consider praying if there's nothing else to do? Um... No, the, the idea is to continue in prayer, to make it a real priority in our lives. There's a lot that we could unpack in this one verse, but one as- just one aspect is what he says, being watchful and thankful. Um, I was going to go into some Greek, but that would only take me three seconds because that's the extent of my knowledge, so I let that go. But just like Gene to be aware of the call to prayer, uh, to make that our knee jerk reaction. You know, I think it is when we run into a catastrophe, but is it the rest of the time? Um, And also be thankful that he is gracious and merciful as well. Now, when we love someone, what's one of the one thing, main things that we wanna be able to do with that person? We wanna be able to talk with them, to communicate with them. And you know, it doesn't matter. It, it, like when our kids were growing up, we talk about inconsequential things, it didn't matter. You sit around with a group of people that, that you love and care about. You, you talk to your spouse and you wanna to talk to them about anything and everything and have this two-way communication. We just enjoy hearing their voice. Remember back to Job. Job really went through some tough stuff, but there was a common thread to his prayer. There was a common plea. If you remember right, his main thing was God, talk to me. He kept going back time and time again and God was not answering him. And it was something that he really wanted. How did this communication begin between God uh, God and man? Remember back in Genesis, Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve in the garden, walking through the garden every day, the two of them, And I submit that there were two other voices in the garden. It was God, communicated with God all the time. And there was Satan. So what did they do? Um, When they sinned, all of a sudden that communication with God was broken. They hid, they didn't wanna talk with God. And what did God do? Did God wait for them to come to him? to say, hey, you know, we want to talk with you again. No, God went after them. He sought them out. And, and let's, let's unpack that a little bit more. They were talking with God every day, as far as we know, 24 hours a day. Um, he sustained them. He knew them intimately. He created them. He knew everything about them. They gradually began to learn more and more and more about their creator, but yet, they listened to a new voice, didn't they? They ignored what God had told them all their lives. And and I submit that we haven't changed much over the centuries. We listen, we we read the word, we listen to faithful sermons from, from preachers rightly dividing the word of truth. We discuss, we go to Bible studies, we discuss scripture with fellow believers. And then all of a sudden, a new revelation comes along, a fresh look at scripture, and we ignore what we already know and grasp this new truth, this gospel. It's nothing new at all. If you remember um, over in Galatians, <clears throat> Paul had an admonition. He was, he was pretty straightforward. Paul, Paul was really cut to the chase. He said, and I'll just read it here, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. Not just don't listen to him, let him be accursed. And and why would that be? Because there's a good chance that people, man, us, would listen to that. Um, He actually fills it out a little bit more. You know, Paul is so good. You know, you read through Romans, you read through a lot of the other letters and Paul will present something and he, it's almost like God is talking to him, you know? he. Okay, that's a, we need a better laugh. But anyway, it's almost like God is talking to him. In fact, it is God talking to him because he anticipates the question. You know, well, what about this, Paul? So in 2 Corinthians eleven 3, I'll just read this for you. I am afraid, however, that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be led astray from your simple and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims a Jesus other than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit than the one that you received, or a different gospel than the one you accepted, you put up with it way too easily. It's like God really knows our natural tendencies. Now, you you may ask at this point, okay, well, what in the world does this have to do with prayer? And I submit that it has absolutely nothing to do with prayer. If... Prayer is just us talking to God. Frankly, why bother? He already knows our needs. He knows everything that we're going through. Does he know he's God? Yeah, he knows he's God. Uh, And he's not made better or more glorious or more holy by anything that we could say. God doesn't have an ego. Um, But if prayer is communication, with our Creator, our loving Father, our Savior, the Holy One. He's omniscient, He's omnipresent, the only being inside and outside of the universe, then that's something completely different. And because God is then speaking to us, and we need to know when it's His voice. Remember 1 John 4:19? We love God because He first loved us. Thinking about that statement. You know, I loved my wife dearly. She loved me. One of the big things I miss about not having Jean is talking about anything and everything. We talked about ideas, we talked about fears, we talked about plans, we talked about, you know, our experiences. Those of you who are married, do you cherish those conversations with your spouse anytime, day or night? Do you love to talk with other loved ones? children siblings parents and if there's a broken relationship out there do you want to get that relationship fixed so you can have that communication again back to first john you know do, do we really believe that god loves us do we believe that god made us in his image if that's true and it's kind of a rhetorical question then we need to understand that god wants to talk with us Remember God went looking for Adam and Eve. God wanted to restore the relationship with us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins so that we could have that communication and that relationship with him. He wants to talk to his creation. He wants to have a relationship. And I, and I submit that if we don't have communication, there's no relationship. You know, if, if husbands and wives never talk to each other, How long is that marriage gonna last? It's not. So let's agree, can we agree that God wants to communicate with us, he wants to talk with us, he wants to hear from our own lips what's on our minds and hearts, but he also wants to impart his truth to us. And he even helps us with that. He put the Holy Spirit inside of us in a miraculous way to help him talk with us. And more importantly to listen to him. God instituted prayer and I I think we sometimes misunderstand what that word really means but I I think we don't get it from God's perspective. You know God comes to us first Um, and if prayer is communication with God and God comes to us first why does it often seem to me and I'm just preaching to myself right now that it's one-way communication, that I pray and I wait for an answer and I may get the answer and I may not. Why don't I see God speaking to me? And and I know he knows the answer before he even gets the question because he's God. He even goes one step further though, over in Romans eight, if I don't know how or what to pray for, what does God do? Romans 8, 26, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. We still haven't fleshed out the answer to that central question, though. How does God speak to us? So there's some scriptures that, a couple of scriptures that I'd like to to read with you that kind of help point this out. One of them, Ted, you're so good, and, and God is so wonderful. You know, We don't plan these things ahead of time, but if you could uh, put up Hebrews one, one and two for me, that's what Ted read this morning. And, And that's, you know, just an aside, that's part of how God speaks to us. There are no, Danielle, there are no coincidences with God, are there? Everything is orchestrated. And the more we realize that, the more we see God in those little things, that sometimes we just blow off as oh that's coincidental. There are no coincidences with God. That this passage is great. It says in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir of all things and through whom He also made the universe. God speaks to us constantly, and we'll come back to this. But part of the problem is we may just not be listening. And then um, if you could put up John 16. John 16, verses 12 through 14. I have much more to say to you. This is Christ speaking more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. This is one of the cool things too. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Now remember, where's the Holy Spirit? It's in us. God placed the Holy Spirit in us to be able to read scripture and understand what it says. And I don't know about you, and I think this is kind of a universal truth from believers I've talked to for decades. You can read, I, I can read a passage of scripture today And it tells me one thing and if i'm in a different situation two years from now and i read that same scripture i get something totally different out of it not contrary scripture doesn't change but there's a new truth that the holy spirit reveals to me just coincidentally when i need it the holy spirit guides us to truth and yes speaks to us And he always speaks truth. That's the thing, you know, one of the problems that we have in today's environment is you don't know who to believe. You know, you look at something on the news, you read something in the newspaper, you see something on Facebook, you see something on social media, and you don't know whether it's true or not. And many times, well-meaning people, like even me, put out things that I thought were true, and I find out later they weren't. The Holy Spirit only gives us truth. You know, absolutely. And and if we seek, you know, if we go to and read scripture and we pray and say, Lord, please reveal to me what you want me to know in this scripture, he will do it. The other thing that um, when I'm going through a rough time, one of the things that a, a wonderful Bible scholar, I've known this man for 40 years. He told me a long time ago, he said, pray that God will teach me what he wants me to know going through this experience because there's a purpose if we're going through tough times if we're going through great times there's a purpose in God's plan for that and we need to know and understand what that purpose is you may have heard there's a guy by the name of Charles Spurgeon a lot better preacher than I would ever even dream to be But he had a wonderful analysis of prayer in a sermon he preached on New Year's Day in 1871. And here's a a little kernel of truth from that sermon. I think that sermon was about two and a half hours long and he came up for air and then he preached some more. Um, Here's what he said. He said, does not the Christian's life depend upon his prayerfulness? Could he be a Christian if he ceased to pray? We reply that the Christian spiritual health depends upon his prayerfulness, but that prayerfulness depends upon something else. And he draws an analogy here. The the reason why the hands of the clock may move may be found first in a certain wheel, you know, hooked to the hands. It operates on them. But if you go to the primary cause of it, you reach the mainspring or the weight which is the source of all the motion. Many secondary causes tend to sustain spiritual life, but the primary cause, the first and foremost, is because Jesus Christ lives. From Psalms 87.7, and this was in his sermon, all my fresh springs are in Thee." While Jesus lives, which is eternity, he sends the spirit and the spirit being sent We pray. And that's the reason that our prayer becomes the evidence of our spiritual life. So how do we know what God is saying to us? And touched on this briefly already, but scripture, the more we read, the more we meditate on the word, not just reading through it, but oh, you know, if you just sit down and read a book, pick one, a gospel, one of the ones in the Old Testament, God's gonna to talk to you. You can't avoid it. You really can't. Um, for a, 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 a local group here, I um, do a scripture reading on Sunday nights. And I love it because you get to go through and God speaks to me every single time. I, I may not be in the mood to have God to speak to me, doesn't matter, he still does. And, and then when we don't understand what scripture says he gives us this Holy Spirit that will interpret it for us. He'll explain, you know, Jared spoke about conscience a few weeks ago, that internal check on our heart that tells us that something's wrong. He had a wonderful sermon about, you know, not um, injuring other people's uh, conscience. But the more time we spend reading and hearing God's word, the more the Holy Spirit enlightens our mind. And when we act on that knowledge, what happens? We become more Christ-like, which is what the whole idea is. Be holy as I am holy. Paul talks on and on about being more Christ-like, to emulate Christ in the things that we do. And as a result of all of that, our conscience is more sensitive to what God desires from us. But we all know that, right? Check that off. That's a no-brainer. So why do I still have problems having a conversation with God? And I submit it's because I flat out do not listen. Middle of the night, drip, drip, drip. Faucet in the kitchen sink is dripping. You never hear it all day long, but in the middle of the night, that's when you hear it. Um, I don't know about, I'm speaking to any parent out here because you get it, that call from your son or daughter in the middle of the night, the first word that comes out of their mouth, you know there's a problem. All they have to do is say, hi, and you've got it, right? And that's because we're sensitive to them. We've grown to know them, we love them, we cherish them, and we can tell just by that one word there's a problem. I can't tell you how many times that's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to you, but day to day, do we have so much noise in our lives that we're not really listening to God? We're not picking up those little things that God's saying, hey, I'm here, I'm talking to you. The more we read scripture, the more we follow faithful preaching, the more we discuss these biblical truths, you know, the closer we're going to be to God and we'll be able to understand exactly what God is trying to tell us Christ reveals an awful lot of simple truths to us as well in in short passages Um, Matthew 6 6 he says and, and I'll flesh this one out a little bit when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you And when you pray do not keep on babbling like pagans for they think they will be heard because of their many words don't be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask them now some say or take this to say hey we're only supposed to pray in secret we need to keep context one of the things when we read scripture when when god talks to us through his word we need to remember the context you know we're we're going through a study in church history and And the heresies that developed year, you know, decade after decade after decade, most of them were taken because somebody took a verse out of scripture and reinterpreted it and didn't put it in its context. And so these church councils would come together to flesh that out and get back to the truth of scripture. And so many times we can read a passage, you know, it's like, I hear somebody say something and say, well, I don't think that's quite right. You know, do I, do I already have the point made in my mind and go into my Strong's Concordance and try and find all of the passages that will prove me right, even if I take them out of context? You know, that's not what we're supposed to do. But one of the things that it says here is we are to only pray in secret. That's not what it's saying. We've got to remember the context. The, the problem was there were people who were praying just to be heard by other people. There were people who were giving to the work just so that everybody could know. Remember the widow's mite? Just so that other people could know. You know, there's this, this false humility, you know, that, that sometimes I'm afraid I have, and, and I'm sure others may as well. But scripture is full of corporate prayer. And one of the things about corporate prayer is that we we gain a lot from corporate prayer. You know, if you remember um, the Lord's Prayer, does it start out my father? It starts out our father. In Acts 12, um, Peter was in prison, and all the people got together and prayed for Peter. That passage that we read in Acts, that was the first what a prayer meeting okay you've just spent time with christ you just saw him ascend into heaven and now you get together for a prayer meeting those guys were pumped they were really pumped i can't imagine what it would be like to be in a group like that but wait a minute reality check was the holy spirit there then yeah Holy Spirit's here now. We can have that same reality with with Christ. So how can we apply some of this? We see people on Sunday morning. We see people during the week. If we've gotten to know them fairly well, can we tell if something's off? You know, there's the standard thing, and and I I love to go through a checkout line at the grocery store, and I, I have fun with checkout clerks in a nice way. They'll say, you know, I'll say, well, how are you today? Oh, I'm fine. And they'll say, well, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. And then I'll say, we're both lying, aren't we? <laughs> you know, because the reality of it is that's the knee-jerk reaction. You know, when we ask, so- when we sense something with someone and they say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Do we let it go with that? Or is our sensitive spirit at a point is our prayer life at a point that we say, no, there's, there's a problem here. There's, there's something going on. Maybe you don't wanna tell me about it, but I'd love to pray for you about it. And how often do we even say, well, I'll remember to keep you in my prayers. And that's good. We need to do that. But, but I'll make a suggestion. Put your hand, take them to the corner, put your hand on their shoulder and pray right then. Two things. One is that people really appreciate being prayed for. And the other is it's a reminder. Oh, listen, you know, I, I prayed for so-and-so this morning. I gotta remember to pray for him tonight. And then maybe even check with them three or four days later and say, hey, you know, how are things going? That's when you develop that relationship with them. But remember, we, the most important relationship is vertical with God the more we're in touch with god through scripture through communication with god listening to god telling us what to do listening to god loving us and caring for us that horizontal relationship gets a lot better too because all of a sudden we're a funnel for what what god wants to do and so we need to we need to do that with fellow believers and then this one this one really hits home with me do we rely on a special prompt to remind us to pray i submit husbands if you rely on a special prompt to have a nice conversation with your wife that special prompt is going to be painful okay we don't need that we want to talk we want to talk with our wives our husbands, our children, our parents, our brothers, our sisters, our fellow believers. You know, getting together with other believers and talking to them over lunch or dinner or a cup of coffee, it's wonderful. We need to have that deep, deep desire that we can't go through a day without talking to our Savior and talking with God our Father. God has that desire. He sent his son to die for us so that he could actually have that communication with us. I mean, how much more committed can somebody be than to lay down his life for his neighbor, right? We need to have that same desire that we just, we're thirsty. We're hungry for the word of God. We're thirsty and hungry to be able to talk with God, to hear what he has to say for us. Hey God, what do you have for me today? I promise this if we approach every day that way he won't let us down little things big things the second application of this is to join with other believers in corporate prayer there's a big misunderstanding about corporate prayer or at least i think there may be when you come to a corporate prayer meeting you don't have to pray you don't have to pray aloud If someone you know, a friend, let's say they've lost their wife or their husband. Do you need to go and just talk to them incessantly? Or do you just go and sit with them and know that you're showing your support for them, your love for them, your care for them? The Holy Spirit prays when we don't know what or how to. And if you do pray silently, God hears you. If, you. if God lays something on your heart to pray aloud, that's fine too. Um, you know, Howie, a uh, pastor for many years here, cautioned me about something two and a half years ago now. And he said, you know, prayer is the most intimate thing that you can do with someone else. And he fleshed that out. He said, um, when he would do counseling for young couples engaged to be married, he would caution them. He would say, listen, you guys need to pray together. You need to study the word together, find out where each other is at, but be careful praying together because he said, there's nothing more intimate between a man and a woman than prayer. It took me a while to really understand that, but I, I completely agree with him. And when we're in corporate prayer, we hear the heart of a fellow believer. We hear their heart, their passion. <clears throat> we had a, a prayer meeting here about a month ago and there was a man that came from another church and listening to him pray, it's like, it's like the halls of heaven were open, right? And that's what we get out of coming together. The other thing here, you may have had experiences with corporate prayer and this is a shameless plug for ours it's not gossip time at providence bible church it's not a time of prayer for individual needs it's a time of praise and thanksgiving we pray for the leaders of the church of our town our county state federal government we pray for missionaries Um, we pray for other churches that are preaching the word of god so that their people would be fed as well And it's also a time that we pray to become more Christ-like ourselves. So, most of all, I'd like to leave you with this. Be still and listen for God's voice. You know, there's that verse, be still and know that I am God. We can't know him if we don't listen to what he says. Read the word on your own. Don't hesitate to pray for others and as a adjunct to that when god answers a prayer thank him give him praise for it you know don't just say, oh you know thank you god and on down the road we need to thank and praise our god for that you know sometimes and i don't have time to to go into all the things that happened over about a two-year period with me but sometimes god it's so cool he draws back that curtain and he shows you what you were praying for or the results of your prayer. And it's so cool because you actually get to, you know, it's like God saying, hey, listen, you were praying for this two years ago. Here's how I answered it. It's so neat. It is so neat. So there may be someone here or some ones here who say, this doesn't make any sense. Um, Not just prayer, but the whole idea that God really wants to talk to you, talk with you, and he wants you to talk with him. Maybe you've never felt close to God. He's just some being that people talk about. But we were talking about coincidences a little while ago, and maybe you're here this morning just because you know in your heart that there's something more to your life than what you have. Something big and important is missing, but you can't put your finger on it. I submit that you're here in this room listening to me, but more importantly, listening to the Holy Spirit for a particular reason. And if you would like to know more about this Jesus Christ and this Holy Spirit and God the Father that I've been talking about, I'd appreciate it if you'd grab me after the service. And and I'd love to, or anybody here... (laughs) I'm sure they'd love to share the testimony of what God and Jesus Christ has meant in their lives. So if this rings a bell with you, I pray that you would do that. Would you pray with me? Oh, dear Father. Your word is so powerful. You describe it as a two-edged sword. Lord, but it's also the balm of Gilead. Lord, it is... your words the creator of the universe coming to us and lord forgive me when i don't when i don't listen lord so many times you've answered my prayers if i'd really remember what i know from scripture you've answered my prayers before i even present them to you but you want us to communicate with you you want us to talk with you you love us and we love you and we need to have that communication that time together the quiet time or the time of corporate prayer listening to sermons reading your word and i pray that you would convict me and convict others to do the same and lord as i as i as i mentioned lord you you want most of all to have people trust your son in believing faith for their salvation lord your your son you sent your son to pay that price for us so that we could have reconciliation with you lord and that is so so much more than just not going to hell and going to heaven that's a part that we concentrate on so much but having that warm intimate loving relationship with the creator of the universe is so wonderful while we're here on this earth lord bless these words bless this congregation and we give you all the praise and honor and glory which is your due